0: Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 27 in the book of Hebrews. I'm going to ask a silly question today, and that is, is Jesus retired? That is, is he seated on a lazy boy, or is he seated somewhere else? So five times in Hebrews, it refers to Jesus as being seated, him sitting down. And part of the reality of Jesus is that he's accomplished some stuff and completed some stuff and finished some stuff. So the the seated down is this picture of he's done with at least a part of his work and his accomplishment and his jobs. So what if Jesus didn't do anything else? That's kind of thing. Without him, what wouldn't we have? So read with me from Hebrews chapter 8. I'm going to read the last couple of verses of chapter 8, and then we're going to think about Jesus as a retired part of the deity. Hebrews chapter 8, I'm going to read starting in verse 10. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after these days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach, each one his neighbor, and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of the new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete, and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So I want to address the issue, is what if Jesus is retired? And... Even by this verse, we find that God is not, you know, inactive. He's doing something. He's being merciful towards iniquities. He's remembering, remembering not. In Hebrews chapter twelve, it says, "But you have come to Mount Zion in the city of the living God, so he's not a static dead God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festival, festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. So Jesus is active, mediating a new covenant. He is uh, a living God. That's kind of the the big point there. And he's currently today, to our verse today, is, is putting his law into our minds. He's writing them upon us our hearts in uh that's in eight ten that we read today so he's active he's writing his ways upon our hearts right now so he is actively being our god he's making us a people and let's think about just for just a second what kind of people are we well we're a little unruly we're a little prickly we're still sinning we haven't you know totally reached heaven yet we draw near and then sometimes we 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 wander a bit and we find that Jesus is as he is being merciful towards our iniquities. So we are indeed a people that still require mercy in some respects. And you know, it's one of those things you can't sugarcoat is that I will remember your sins no more. So he's letting children come to him so he he, he says in, in the gospels let the literal children you know let little people let the children come to me but then he says to those who receive him who believe in his name he gives the right to become children of god so in a sense god only saves children literal children and those of us who become like children perhaps childlike faith, perhaps simple faith. So he is in the business of saving and he's in the business of making children, of making a family. So he is speaking to us by his son. He is speaking to us by the spirit of Jesus. He's helping those who are considered being saved. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, In a favorable time, I listened to you and in a day of salvation I have helped you so he is helping by listening to us by hearing us when we want to draw near and in the moment of salvation helping us we're going to need help during that moment he helps during a uh, uh, temptation In chapter 2, verse 18, it says that because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And I don't know about you, but temptation only happens in the present tense. So today, when you are tempted, he is able to help. So he is sitting down, Jesus, not in the lazy boy. He's sitting sitting down on a throne of grace. Listen to this. This is from uh, chapter 4, verse 16. And it's kind of where I'm in, conceptually ending up. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet is without sin. Verse 16, 4-16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. So this picture of who, is, how are we, retired? Uh, what is, is Jesus retired and what is he sitting on? Is he sitting on the lazy boy? No, he's sitting on the throne of grace. So he's seated, not on the lazy boy, on this throne of grace, active, alive, available, accessible for those who draw near. So Jesus isn't retired. He's as busy as ever, saving and interceding for those who draw near, ministering for us. He lives to intercede. He's meeting and helping us in our day of, of, uh, of salvation. He's upholding the universe so we can draw near today. He's helping us with our temptation. He's giving mercy and grace in our time of need. Jesus isn't retired. He's available and he's accessible. He's got stuff to give. That is, he's got capacity to help in meaningful, actual ways to those who avail himself of his grace by drawing near. He's not retired. He's accomplished living, active, speaking, helping, and living to intercede. So is Jesus seated? Yes, he is seated. Is he on the lazy boy? No, he's on the throne of grace, always living to make intercession for us. Jesus isn't retired. Thanks for listening.